Ksuvas Perak, Hey Mishnah Tes 5, 9, the last of the Perak, and this Mishnah continues on, for starters, with a topic of additional financial obligations that the husband has to the wife. Here we talk about spending money. It says, Every week he has provided with a ma'a of kesef. A ma'a is a small silver coin. It's worth one-sixth of a dinar. Not sure what the spending power, the purchasing power of that was. Um, but it's a small small coin, a small amount of money. And further it says here, That at all, no matter what happens, he is to be eating with her on Friday night, each Friday night. Now, um, I mentioned the previous uh, Mishnah, there is a Machlokas Lalacha, even the Ramah and the Rambam, whether one is allowed to live and spend his week away from his wife or not. The Rambam says yes, the Ramah says no. Whatever the case is, our Mishnah here is saying that at, at, at all events, even if he's providing his wife um, her food, clothing, and money through a third party, as we started with the previous Mishnah, assuming he's in town, he has to uh, have dinner with her on Friday nights. Uh, this is part of the key of the mitzvah of Onah. So, as I said previously, the, the Onasa, the time he owes her, um, is to meet an emotional need. Um, it's not about a physical intimacy per se, it's about spending time together, and that's clear from this um, part of the Mishnah, where it says, the, the Bartonor, I'll quote him directly, um, says, um, They eat together on Friday nights. The Bartonor here learns, like the Raman, that it says he may provide her with her food, um, etc., through a third person, and not third party, and not eat with her, and with the same dinner table. He has an obligation to eat dinner with her on Friday night, because that's, um, we're assuming here, let's say he's a Tamachach, whatever it is, that's the night Leil Ona. <clears throat> that means, um, clearly that spending time, you know, what we would maybe say in 21st century is like date night, um, he has to spend time with her, and that includes um, having dinner with her. So you see. Now, uh, the Mishnah goes on to say, um, now we're, we're talking about what happens if he doesn't give her her spending money. So now let me make sure this is clear here. We're not saying he's, we're going to say what happens if he doesn't. That doesn't mean to suggest for a moment he is allowed, entitled, permitted, nothing, to, to not give it to her. No way. He has to give her this. He has to make sure she has spending money. But if he doesn't, and she doesn't, you know, start demanding her spending money. That doesn't mean she's mivateret that she um, waived her claim to it. And rather, the mission is providing at least a, a plan B for her, which says la If he doesn't give her her spending money, at least a minimum of one ma'a of kesef per week, and again, as the Mishnah will say at the end of this Mishnah, like I mentioned in the previous Mishnah, this is for the poorest Jew. This is the absolute bare minimum. So then, the Mishnah says, her production, what she produces, is hers to keep. Now, actually, this is not to be understood quite literally. It doesn't mean that her mas what she produces, is hers to keep, because we already said that's his to keep. We're talking here about something else, the what's called the mosar, the extra, Whatever she produces beyond the requisite amount, that extra is hers to keep. So if her obligation is to produce, you know, three bags of wool, if she produces four bags of wool, so then that fourth bag is hers, she'll have to go to the market and sell it and take the proceeds and use it as her spending money if he did the wrong thing and didn't provide her with that spending money. So that's the case. We now need to determine, like, exactly what her, I'll call it statutory, her minimum obligations are in terms of production, that we can say that first amount was for her mazonas, her food, and everything beyond that 
is hers to keep as the Mosar, as the extra, which she can use um, for spending money in the event he didn't give her spending money. So therefore, we need to define the minimum production that's expected of her. This gets very technical, and I think it's hard for us it's not familiar with any of this stuff. So we're a little dark what it means. I'll read you the words um, and explain them. Um, it says, Mishkal chamesh slaim shesi b'yehuda. If she's producing wool for the loom, for the shesi threads, the shesi threads are the longer threads, um, but they're, they're thinner and they're long. So if she's doing it in Yehuda, it's the weight. She's produced enough yarn, I'll call it, um, that it weighs five slaim. There's a certain weight, okay, it's a certain weight of this certain kind of thread in Yehuda. Shehen eser slam begalil, which is the same production as ten sela coins in the Galil in the north of Israel. The idea here is that in the Galil, their coins were smaller. Their sela coins weighed less, half as much, and therefore she has to produce twice as many coins with the same amount of weight. O mishkal eser slam Erev Behuda, or if she's producing thread, they'll be used not as the chassis, the long thread, for the, lumer, but the, the Arev, the cross, and this is the for the the woof or weft, same idea, um, threads. Okay, so then those threads, those, those threads um, are easier pr- to produce, ha- twice easier to produce, and therefore she has to produce twice as much of them. It had to be, um, if she's producing it in Yehuda, the Yehuda Shehen S, I'm sorry, I read this badly. Shehen, oh, Mishkal Eser Slam Erev Behuda. If she's producing the Erev threads in Yehuda, she has to produce 10 cello weights. Shehen Esrim Slam Begalil. And since again, the Galil coins are half as weighty, therefore she has to produce 20 cello coins of this Erev thread. Okay, fine. Now, beyond that, Vimhaisa Minika. If she is a nursing woman, so that means that. Remember we said before she had these seven categories of work she's expected to do? So this line here, this Mishnah here up to now, was assuming she has nothing else to do, so she's producing wool. But if she has other things to do, like nursing a baby, so that's going to um, take part of her time, and therefore her expectation of production is less. And therefore, the expectations of her, the requisite amount she has to produce, is decreased, commensurate with other things she has to do, like nurse a baby. The reason why we choose nursing babies, as opposed to the other things she had to do, remember, like the baking, the cooking, the laundering, and so on, is because if she's actually a nursing woman, then in addition to having less expectation in terms of her wool production, she has umosifen la almazonosea, there's actually an obligation to give her more food, more wine, etc., because since she's nursing, um, she has more, you know, calorific demands on her because the baby's nursing for her, therefore she also needs to provide her with more food than was prescribed in the previous Mishnah. The myth of our memoriam, when does all this apply, the, everything we said in the past to Mishnayis, about the minimums that he has to give her? That's Ba'ani Shebi Yisrael. We're talking now the absolute poorest Jew. But, Aval B'Mechubad, if the Jew isn't the poorest Jew, he actually has financial means. He's a Mechubad, he's a wealthier person. Hakolafich Vodo. Everything depends on how much um, wealth he has here. Again, Kavod here means his, his, his capacity is his wealth. Um, which means the basic principle here is that Ola Imo Veeno Uredis Imo, that she will be brought up to his level of um, material well being expense, level of like I'll call it luxury in his house, um, but not brought down. So that means that if she came from a poor family where they, I don't know, used silver, and he is in a rich family where they use gold, so now she has to be provided with gold utensils. Um, 
if, on the other hand, he is from a family which only used silver, but her, her family, from where she came, used gold, he still has to provide her with gold. That's the idea. I'm just picked silver and gold to just for illustration purposes. Um, the point is that she has to be brought up to that standard that she's accustomed to, and he has to do whatever he can to make sure she's taken care of um, to that full extent, as is normal and customary in their time and place. As the bartender says, Ukafi minhag hamadina nami. It also depends on what's normal. That means it doesn't matter if the guy is, you know, has a hundred million dollars in the bank. If none of his neighbors drive Ferraris, then she isn't supposed to be provided with a Ferrari. That's not appropriate because no one drives a Ferrari. It's not a matter of buying the most expensive thing you could, etc. But if it's normal and he can afford it, and other people that are her, in her social circles have it, he has to provide it for her as well in terms of clothing, in terms of spending money, and in terms of, uh, of you know, the food, etc. Assuming he's providing by a third person. If, he's, if everyone agrees um, that if he's not providing food through a, through a third person, so then whatever he eats, she eats. So they eat together. So there's no specific requirements in terms of the food part of it. But the other parts, the clothing, the shoes, the spending money, everything um, goes according to what he can afford, and he must provide for his wife um, as best as he absolutely can.